Welcome to a Nerd Numbers Musings. You can find the written form of this article on nerdnumbers.substack.com. Today I will be discussing Ted Lasso in an article I've titled, Ted Lasso Random Thoughts. Like many, I've become a pretty big Ted Lasso fan. This last weekend I attended LassoCon, a virtual Ted Lasso convention. It was a ton of fun. In anticipation of Ted Lasso Season 2 this week, I've collected 10 thoughts, Captain Isaac style, on Season 1 with my general sports and sports movie slant. Enjoy. Number 10. Ted Lasso as Greg Popovich. Popovich is number 3 in all-time wins in the NBA as a coach, for those that don't know. Provided he coaches one more season, he'll top the list. He's third all-time in playoff wins and titles. He's coached the San Antonio Spurs for over 20 years and as a result is the greatest coach for a single team in NBA history. You heard me, Red Arbach. In Stumbling on Wins, David Barry and Martin Schmidt review research on which NBA coaches positively impact player development. And at the top of the list, you guessed it, Greg Popovich. Popovich was also important because the players that improved under him kept their improvement when they went to new teams. This improvement was slightly contrary to another great coach, Don Nelson, whose players didn't keep their performance boosts when they hopped to new squads, a point that I assure you will come up later. Another unfortunate similarity is that Greg would often flub player rotations in playoff scenarios despite boosting his players' performance. The last episode of Ted Lasso sums this up, as the announcers note that the younger players have improved under Lasso, However, his insistence on playing Roy Kent may have cost them and resulted in Richmond being relegated. It's worth noting that Ted Lasso as a character draws inspiration from many other coaches. And just so we're clear, the actors and creators have stated this explicitly in interviews. The most notable coach is John Wooden. When Ted hands out books to his players, it's an homage to Phil Jackson. That said, I felt like adding another top coach to the list, so Greg Popovich it is. Number 9. Soccernomics and Sam. On the subject of analytics, in the book Soccernomics, two crucial concepts come up. The first is how international players sometimes have trouble in English soccer leagues. A theory posited is that players get homesick. Sam Obisanya is from Nigeria, and Coach Beard notes that he's had difficulty adapting. Ted throws him a birthday party and even buys him food from home. Maybe Ted has read Soccernomics on the plane. Also, it's well known that the home field advantage is vital in sports. Soccernomics looked at some interesting research about how the fans influence the referees, and that's what causes the home field advantage. Pitches with horse tracks around them would see a diminished home field advantage because fans are further from the referees. Rebecca may have also read Soccernomics. One of her sabotaging methods is reducing fan attendance and selling the spare tickets to the opposing fan base. Even Higgins notes to her that this is a problem. It seems like everyone in Ted Lasso has read Soccernomics, which isn't really all that surprising, seeing as how much all the characters read. Another great Ted Lasso moment is in the darts game, where Ted reveals he's left-handed, which has to be an homage to the Princess Bride, when in a great duel, the two characters reveal they are not left-handed. In a monologue, Ted admits that many people underestimate him, and he lets them. This helps inform a lot of the rest of the show. For instance, in the last game, Ted yells at the referees about a play being offside, 
saying he still doesn't get it. The show then makes a hilarious Bend It Like Beckham reference. This is also a callback to the original Ted Lasso commercials, where Sudeikis played a football-turned-soccer coach with the same name, but who was far more dim-witted. At face value, it can make sense for this to be a joke, but it also makes sense for Ted to be both trying to yell at the referee while also keeping up a veneer of ignorance, which we've learned is definitely his M.O. Anyway, I think he'd make a splendid Dread Pirate Roberts if this coaching thing doesn't work out. Number six. Andrea Anders and Ted. Andrea Anders, first off, great name, starred as Linda's Vordling in the excellent show Better Off Ted. She was a romantic interest for the main character, also named Ted. They never got together due to personality conflicts. In the show's unaired final episode, there's even an implication that Ted's boss may be sending him overseas. For those that haven't seen Better Off Ted, it's a fantastic show and well worth the watch. Andrea stars as Michelle Lasso and Ted Lasso. She has the market cornered for shows starring managers named Ted, where she winds up as the unrequited love interest. Also, tangential point here, on Better Off Ted, Ted's last name is Crisp, which we learn on Ted Lasso is the British term for chip. Also, Andrea Anders attended the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point which is just an amazing school. Jamie Tart as Alan Iverson. So, perhaps one of the best moments in the show was Jason Sudeikis' incredible recreation of the Alan Iverson practice rant. But another great hat tip to Alan Iverson was when Jamie Tart, while being a one-person show, steps over his teammate Sam. I'd be shocked if this wasn't a deliberate homage to Allen Iverson's stepover of Ty Lue in the NBA Finals in 2001. For what it's worth, Chris Ye confirmed this in his opinion as an expert Lakers fan at LassoCon 2021. Admittedly, while Allen Iverson did like to shoot a lot, just like Jamie, he was a pretty good passer for most of his career, unlike Jamie, at least initially. So the AI-Jamie Tart comparison only goes so far. A shout out to the fantastic LassoCon again, which had an excellent trivia section put together by the organizer, Thea Newcomb. The last question was actually about Alan Iverson's rant, and guess who answered it? I don't even know what we're talking about. Number four, Ted Lasso and Bending It Like Beckham. Ted Lasso originated as a series of commercials for the Premier League when it started airing in the United States, for those that don't know. The original conception was a dim-witted American football coach getting to coach a Premier League soccer club. The initial reaction was so good that they made a second commercial. In this one, Ted Lasso has returned to the United States and is now coaching a girls' soccer team. Brendan Hunt noted that this was the idea that led to the final product we got in Apple+. Plus. While coaching the girls' squad, Ted Lasso does much more of the empathetic style and interaction with the players, this is very similar to the movie Bend It Like Beckham, where a former footballer coaches the women's squad while hoping to coach the men's squad. Two references to Bend It Like Beckham are in Ted Lasso, possibly more. Those are just the ones I noticed. He references the movie directly in his initial press conference, and when Coach Beard is explaining offsides to Ted, it's a direct homage to Bend It Like Beckham. Fun postscript. At the end of the second Ted Lasso commercial, Ted does return to Europe getting a job coaching Leicester City. This was a running gag as the team was bad. 
However, they did go on to win the Premier League, so perhaps that's foreshadowing for Ted Lasso. Number three, Ted Lasso is a far superior Major League. Major League is an all-time classic sports movie. It hinges on the plot of an unscrupulous female owner intentionally changing the Cleveland baseball team's chances of winning for nefarious reasons. If the team loses enough game, they'll be moved, or perhaps we could say relegated, to Florida. There's a catch. In the original script of Major League, the owner was actually moneyballing it by signing undervalued assets but deceiving the rest of the ownership. The reality was she was low on payroll and knew she'd be underestimated as a woman. She was also mean to the squad as a means to motivate them. However, this plot didn't go over well with test audiences. It was rewritten for the owner to be a straightforward villain and for the Florida plan to be accurate. It's worth noting that Major League actually came out 15 years before the book Moneyball was released. In Ted Lasso, Rebecca Welton got the AFC Richmond squad in a bitter divorce settlement. Her goal is to tank the team as a means of getting back at her ex-husband. Hiring Ted Lasso is meant to be salt in the wound for him. This is a more well-written major league for a few reasons. First, her logic and motivation make more sense. Also, it's pretty easy for her to succeed. In major league as an example, it would have been trivial to trade away the players that were starting to do well. Major League is a classic that hasn't aged well for a variety of reasons, so I'm glad there's a modern take with a tighter script out now. Although, speaking of that... Number two, Ted Lasso is also Bull Durham. In an interview with Brendan Hunt, who plays Coach Beard, he noted that Ted Lasso took a lot of inspiration from Bull Durham. Bull Durham is one of the greatest sports movies ever. It centers around a minor league baseball team with an up-and-coming star... Nuke Lelouch, played by Tim Robbins, being helped by a fading former star, Crash Davis, played by Kevin Costner. Additionally, a fan of the team, Annie Savoy, played by Susan Sarandon, becomes romantically involved with both players while also providing professional assistance to both. This dynamic is mirrored almost perfectly in Ted Lasso, with Keely as Annie, Roy Kent as Crash Davis, and Jamie Tart as Nuke Lelouch. Brendan Hunt noted part of the greatness of Bull Durham was how much of it centered not around baseball, but off-the-field interactions, etc. Ted Lasso certainly follows this, with a lot of soccer not being shown on the screen. Regardless, Bull Durham is one of my favorite sports movies ever, and Ted Lasso is certainly one of my favorite sports shows ever, so I'm not shocked that the writers of The Current knew the former quite well. And coming in at number one, Ted and Rebecca win in the end of season one. We'll see how they do in future seasons too. The last episode is a heartbreaker as Richmond loses to a last second heroic push and pass by Jamie Tart. However, this is actually a victory for Ted. While Ted was coaching Jamie, he wanted him to focus more on the team and to pass more. Admittedly, Jamie's motivation was in part to defeat Ted, but in the final episode, Jamie does focus more on the team in passing, and as a result, Ted's coaching is a success. And this even fits in with Ted's overall mantra the whole show. He's more interested in developing his players than winning or losing. Ironically, this gets Rebecca what she wanted as well, as Richmond is now relegated and needless to say, her husband, ex-husband, will be very upset. Both the owner and coach of Richmond achieved the goals they had in the first episode, 
albeit in unexpected ways. In a very Dan Harmon story circle way, the main characters went through a journey and got what they wanted but were changed in the process and are now no longer the same people as they were when they started. All right, those are my random thoughts. I hope you enjoyed them. Feel free to let me know what you think on Twitter at NerdNumbers. Of course, you can find this at nerdnumbers.substack.com. Feel free to subscribe, and you can actually leave comments there as well. We'll see if I do more of these, and hope you enjoy Ted Lasso Season 2.